Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this beautiful day, this Mother's Day. Thank you for this opportunity to meet here together. So we're two or three gathered in your name. There you are in the midst. Help us to be very aware of your presence, Lord. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit, and we just ask that you have your way in this place and in the hearts of all those who hear this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is Mother's Day, and we all think of our mothers on this day. My mother has been gone for several years now, and uh, and I can still see her just as clearly as if she were here today. And, uh, you know, I miss her, and, and there are so many in that same situation. And, and uh, I remember my Uncle Mike at my grandmother's funeral telling me outside he was sitting there and very sad and, and he told me son take care of your mother you only get one you know and that's so true you miss them when they're gone and we don't want to have regrets so everybody love on your mama today <laughs> and I just want to uh, thank God for all women everywhere today and uh, you know Abraham Lincoln said, everything that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. <laughs> and there's, uh, I think women carry a heavy burden. I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's a lot like you were describing, George, it's the closest thing to the God's perfect and unconditional love. But they many times carry the weight and a burden of uh, guilt and worry and that they don't that God doesn't want them to. And so I want to talk just a little bit about women today and mothers and, uh, and just, uh, and just take a look in on the life of, uh, of one woman in particular. Everyone is familiar with Eve. So let's look at Genesis chapter, uh, two, uh, let's see the 15th verse. And I'm just going to begin reading there. Genesis chapter 2, beginning in the 15th verse. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is last, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, 
and they shall become one flesh, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Praise the Lord. So, man gives life to woman, woman gives life to all mankind. Eve was the the first woman, basically the mother of all creation. And we know that God looked upon man and he said it wasn't good that he should be alone. And so he made a woman who is someone alike enough to have relationship with and fellowship with, but different enough to have intimacy with. And he put them together and it began the beautiful history of mankind as we know it. But we know that there were some problems that entered in. And I just want to touch on that briefly. We do know something about Eve. There's not much that the Bible talks about Eve. But we do know a few things. We know that something happened and she's been burdened with the guilt of that or the shame or the of that, that one sin. Although we just read that it was Adam who was told by God directly not to eat of the tree. <laughs> he shared it with that, with Eve, and, but he was also there with her when she did partake. But let's read about that. Genesis chapter 3, the first 10 verses. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say to you, shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And see, she never said that. He's already lying and deceiving. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. See that? She took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and the dust and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. 
To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. And you shall eat till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust and to dust you shall return. So I'll just stop there. But we know that. They were expelled from the garden. We know that the Lord placed cherubim there with a flaming sword to protect them from, keep them from coming back into the garden. You see, sin had entered into God's holy creation. And now that seed was corrupted. And because of that, they could not live forever as God intended them to. Because sin was there. And so that had to be eradicated. And because if they were allowed to go back into the garden and continue to eat of the tree of life, they would have lived forever. And God couldn't handle that. He wouldn't allow it, I mean. <laughs> so we know that we know that this one simple sin seemingly insignificant at the time I'm sure was significant sin entered into all creation of man and this seed of mankind was corrupted from that moment on for every seed born of Adam since that time has been born corrupted and with a fallen nature the nature of Satan we're thankful now that God has provided a way back to him through the death of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, and the resurrection and enthronement of his son. Now we accept him by faith and he evicts that sin nature and renews our spirit and seals it with the promised Holy Spirit. So he made a way back, a way where man could not do it himself. He did it himself through his son, Jesus Christ. That one simple sin shattered the, the beautiful mosaic of God's creation and his relationship with them. And they had to struggle in life. And they did struggle. We know that Eve suffered. She suffered uh, the murder of one son by another son. We know that they had to toil and to make a living. And it was hard because of this sin. I think a lot of people ever since the fall, women and men, have questioned God's love, His provision, His faithfulness, just as Eve did that day in the garden. The same original sins are prevalent today. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pride of life, nothing new. 
But the Lord doesn't want us to struggle with these things. We don't need to question God's faithfulness and His goodness, His provision for our lives. Jesus said in John 10.10 that it's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy from God's children. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly to the full. And we need to trust in that, believe in that. Worry is not of God. It's kind of like a rocking chair, I say. Gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Worry doesn't do anything to to change the past. And all it does is rob you of your future. We've been studying on the Beatitudes. And we learned last week that the first one that says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And we, we saw that this is a picture of salvation. And then the rest of the Beatitudes goes all the way through from the born again Christian all the way to maturity. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those are the ones who have just walked out of the garden having sinned. Basically being born with that same sin that entered in there and are hopeless in their own eyes, destitute, without hope. They're blessed if they will only accept the finished work of Jesus Christ on their behalf. Then they could enter into this beautiful relationship with the Lord God, have their names written in the book of life forever, and live with Him and enjoy the benefits of their salvation while they're here in this world. This is where many Christians fall short. We thank God that His Word is here for us. The daily bread. And I think during these end times, people need to turn to the Word more and more and remember to take it as daily bread. When there's a problem for their life, the provision is found in the promises of God and His Word. And the hope of the Holy Spirit is always there for us to guide us and comfort us, remind us of the things that Jesus has said. He said in Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is one of the most important scriptures that I can think of when it comes to learning how to walk in victory and in power and in provision and blessing in this life as we wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. After being born again and finding comfort in our grief, the object of the Christian life is to grow in the knowledge of the Word. Jesus said, Come to me, all, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said that he is meek and humble of heart. And that's how we are to be. Blessed be the meek. The meek means to be humble, to be gentle and teachable. And I think this is, this is not just for women. This is for men and women. This is a, a very important key to the successful Christian life. 
But I think it's Mother's Day and our culture is in the midst of a Me Too movement, which sometimes can lead us astray. I think it's important to remember to turn to the Word and to do and to be what God says we are to do and to be. And His grace has provided all the power and provision to be and to do all that He's called us and made us to be. But in a culture that teaches you to to stand up for your way and your will and to be what you want to be instead of what God has called you to be, it's important to remember just to be gentle, be humble and teachable. Galatians 5.23 says, Meekness is a fruit of the recreated spirit. So it's an abiding fruit of the spirit. It's in us. We need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That means to work out that which is already within us. We've been redeemed. We've been renewed in our spirit. And God says to work it out with fear and trembling. That means when the, when there's an opportunity to be abrasive and, and uh, arrogant and prideful, to put that away and to remember to be meek, to be gentle and teachable and humble. Galatians 6, 1 says we are to help carnal Christians with a spirit of meekness. So as ministers and well, just as Christians who are more mature than those around you who may be struggling with some sin, it says to go and help them with this. It doesn't say to ignore it. And if you if you mention it, you're a hater and a racist and a homophobe and a, a bigot and, a, and a, whatever other names they can come up with. A true Christian is none of those things. A, cru- a true Christian is the epitome of love because God is love. And just because we tell someone the truth does not make us their enemy. They may choose it, but that's not what our desire is. So we need to help them, but also we need to remember that tough love with a focus is on love. And we need to go and help them in a spirit of meekness and humility and and gentleness. 1 Timothy 6.11 says that ministers are to seek and to maintain a meek attitude. And the word is to be received according to James one twenty one, with a meek attitude. So meekness is sown all through the Bible and we're encouraged to walk in this and remember all of our teachings, the things we've learned about participating in the spiritual laws that God has in place for his children to benefit us. Everything that has been done and established through the cross, through the atonement, is already on account for us. And we benefit from it by learning to cooperate with the things of God, the spiritual laws of God. We should always have questions, more and more questions. Never think that we know more than everyone else because in reality, the more you mature as a Christian, the more you realize that you've learned, the more your questions grow. And the more the deeper, more sophisticated your, your questions should be regarding the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Questions are the source of learning, so we should always have a, a spirit of meekness, willing to learn, be a, a good student. The more we know, the more we find out we don't know. In other words, 
But there are great rewards for, for meekness. It's how we learn to benefit from the provision of God in our life. Psalms 22, verse 6. says, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by people. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not... Forget that. That was David. We're not like that. Psalm 22, verse 26. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. So, in the King James, this one is talking about seeking and questioning and having a teachable spirit, being meek, and that all that our needs will be met and we'll have security throughout life. Psalm 25, verse 9, says, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble His way. So, if we stay humble and teachable, then God will give us guidance. So all of our needs are met and security throughout life. And then he gives us guidance as long as we stay teachable and humble in an attitude, a spirit of meekness. If you look just a few pages over to Psalm 37, verse 11, we see that, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. This is where Jesus, we got this scripture from. When he said the meek shall inherit the earth. So the prosperity and peace of God come through being uh, having an attitude of meekness. Inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. So peace and prosperity are benefits of walking in humility and meekness and being teachable. The prosperity we receive from being teachable or meek is not just natural but spiritual. And but the, the, the natural benefits are very real. The Greek word for earth or this gi is the, the, the word that they use here is is it means uh, the land or territory. So we shall inherit the land, the physical land that we live in or the territory which we encompass. Isaiah one nineteen says, If you're willing, teachable, and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And then in Deuteronomy 28, verse 11, says, It shall come to pass, if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe, or to hear, and be teachable, and to do all His commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come on you and overtake you, and you will hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall you be in the fruit of your body, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, (coughs) the increase of your herds and flocks of your sheep. Blessed shall you be your basket in store, Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. That's Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6. So all these blessings come from a spirit of meekness, 
being teachable and walking in humility. So we don't need to worry that God is not there for us. We don't need to question his goodness, his provision or his love for our lives. If we're struggling in any area, the grace of God provides the victory. If we're struggling in our emotions, his grace provides the victory. If we're struggling in addiction, his grace provides the victory. If we're struggling in sickness in our body, his grace provides the victory. Amen. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. From the crack house to the white house, his grace provides the victory. God loves us. By his grace, he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. We just need to believe it and receive it. Because forgiveness and peace and healing and joy, unspeakable love and victory over all sin. We don't need to let the devil lie to us anymore. Meekness is the fruit of the Spirit, and we just need to be teachable and humble before our God and to seek Him with all of our hearts, and He will be found by us. If you're a mother today, children can hurt you, and maybe you've hurt them. But God's grace is more powerful than any of that. Give it to Him. Cast your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you. And let His peace guard your heart. If you're weary and heavy laden, give it to Him. He'll give you rest. Let Him restore your soul, your body, your life, your relationships. For He is the God of restoration and peace and power. Praise Him today and love Him and run to Him and not from Him. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.